When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do we really know what happened? The brother did it. The brother. That's what I thought, too. I mean, that seems like kind of obvious. We're both into, like, true crimes. Uh, deathy murdery thing. Yeah. Maybe that should be the title. Uh, <laughs> deathy murdery thing. Could be that. Could be something not that, because that sucks. That's going to be your theme song. This is mystery murdery thingy. Let's start the show. <laughs> Are you ready to start the show? Let's start the show. Happy Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. Or whatever. <laughs> my goodness. Oh my goodness. My goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Once again, we are here on an early Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, we're just figuring stuff out right now. You know, now. this just seemed like the best time, you know, to do <laughs> a high-energy podcast about mysteries Ooh, when we're goodies. when we've been laying in bed watching Bob's Burgers. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. Okay. We oh, made it to episode this, 15. What is this podcast? Mystery murdery thingy. Who am I? Chloe. Who are you? Mario. Or Mario. No. Some people say it that way. I don't care. Honey, no. I don't care. No. It's whatever. Okay, are you doing a mystery murder or a thingy? I'm doing a thingy. Oh, yeah, we're both doing thingies because yeah. this is our third part right. of doing like a little paranormal We wanted theme. to get wanted to get a little ghosty. Yeah, wanted to get a little ghosty. <laughs> I have a story and you have a story. And, um, oh, we were talking about uh, throwing clay earlier. We should watch the movie Ghost. Have you ever heard, heard about that movie? With Patrick Swayze? Patrick Swayze is a ghost. And I, I yeah. won't like, give away the plot, but there's and a point Whoopi where Goldberg he's... Whoopi Goldberg is in it? Whoopi Goldberg is in it. She's like the medium, I think. Yeah, I've seen it. It's weird. I don't there's like that it. part where like he's behind her yeah. as the ghost and the, like doing the clay to get... It's... Whew! It's a little steamy. Oh, oh then Patrick Swayze. Ooh, what a hunk. Right. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Who wants to go first then? Uh. 
Uh, I'll go first. Ooh, ee, ooh, sorry, what? Okay, you go first. Oh, and then at the end, um, I'm going to do a kind of bigger weird shit in the news as a sort of maybe preview of what we'll eventually <laughs> try to give out as like an extra segment for Patreon subscribers. When Once we, we set actually up. set it all up. Yeah. We'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> um, go, Chloe, go, Chloe, stop, go. Stop, 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 My computer froze. Oh, no. Okay, I'm ready. So I'm going to talk about Tony Joe Henry, a.k.a. Anne Beatrice McQuiston. McQuiston, that's what the documentary said. Anyway. Uh-huh. Basically, she was the first woman woman in Louisiana to be executed by the electric chair. Oh, okay. Um, so she was born in January of 1916. She was born as Anne Beatrice McQuiston, um, but she was called Tony Joe Henry, which is very different, right? Mm. I don't know. Because um, she was, like, such a tomboy or something? No, she was, like, known as this, like, gorgeous girl who was persuasive and like stuff so just Mm. keep listening okay so her hometown is uh lake charles louisiana i've been there really yeah i have relatives that live in lake charles there uh so her mother died when she was four and uh from tuberculosis and that's why her aunt took her in and um Unfortunately, that was an abusive household. She did not do well there. She started running away. And then by the time she was 17, she was addicted to cocaine. And she earned money by being a sex worker. So she was arrested a lot for assault, uh, larceny, and vagrancy. Um, She served a short stretch of time in jail for cutting off part of a man's ear with some scissors. She's a badass bitch. And <laughs> not uh, not that we're condoning violence. Not that we're condoning anything. violence or anything. She gained a reputation for being quote the most ornery gal east of the Mississippi. Nice. So here she is, being a sex worker, doing her thing, making her money, and she meets a man named Claude Henry, also known as Cowboy. At she met him, you know, at work. Um. They instantly fell in love. This is how the story goes. They, like, instantly fell in love. Um, He helped her kick her cocaine habit. Um, He helped her get clean, you know, and they were married in 1939. Um, Unfortunately, Claude had some uh, skeletons in the closet Mm -hmm. because he was actually on the run um, from killing a police officer in Texas. Looking for love in all the wrong places. And so eventually the uh, he was arrested uh, for it. Sure. And he was taken back to Texas. He There he was tried and convicted of murder, and he got 50 years in Huntsville Unit in Texas. So this was obviously heartbreaking for Tony Joe. So she, what she decided to do was to break him out of jail. So she recruited Harold Finnan Burks, a.k.a. Arky, to break Cowboy out of prison. What they did was they hitchhiked. Um, they were trying to hitchhike to, um, from, to 
Texas from Louisiana. Right. And they got into the car with a man named J.P. Crowley. For some reason, because they're fucking crazy, they um, kidnapped him. They took him to a field. They forced him. They forced him to strip, and then they tortured him. And T.J. shoots uh, shoots him in the head, and he dies instantly. And they just leave him there. She had a thirty-two caliber revolver. So they took off with uh, Crowley's car, the dude they just killed, and then they went to a bar. They got really drunk and they started talking. They of started course. bragging about what they just did and blah blah blah. And then of course, eventually they were arrested. And then after that, the body was found. So both Arky and Tony Joe were convicted of the murder because um, neither of them like fessed up. He said she pulled the trigger, and she said he pulled the trigger. Of course. He said she said. So they were like, all right, we're just like convicting you both of murder. Right. Um. And they were sentenced to hang. But here's the thing. I guess this is like the big emphasis on why Tony gets her way because she's beautiful and persuasive and angelic. And by this point, she's famous or notorious. Mm -hmm. She got three trials. What? Three trials. Because of her influence, she used her good looks to her advantage and she totally fucked the system. I mean, like, you fucking might as well, right? Like, you're mm-hmm. sentenced to die. So the first trial was March 27th, 29th, in 1940. And there they appealed. Uh, she was, uh, yeah, she was convicted of um, the, same, the same thing and was, ha- and was sentenced to death. But she appealed and she, they granted it to her. And the next one... Um, Which wasn't always the case back then, by the way, like... Nowadays, we have this sense that you just, like, have your trial, and then you can appeal and appeal and appeal and appeal and, like, get to the Supreme Court. That was not typically the case back at this period of time. Is it like that now? Now it is. If you have a capital case, you're probably going to be in appeals for 10 or 15 years. What? There's, like, automatic appeals if it's a capital case. Back in the day, that was not the case at all. Usually, it was just the trial, and that was it. (laughs) Yeah. So, the first trial happened. She got appealed. um, And a lot of this had to do with the severity of the charges, as well as Tony herself, because the trial got a lot of press coverage. Sure. The second one was in February the next year. um, And in this one, Arky Burks testifies against her. So, then she's uh, sentenced to death again. Um, and appealed and got a new trial. Okay, so what happened in that third trial? In the third trial, which was in January of 1942, so another year later, it was the same thing. She was sentenced sentenced to death again, but by this time, Louisiana had started using the electric chair. So she did appeal, but she was denied, was not granted that one. Mm -hmm. And so she was sentenced for death on November 28th, 1942. So... During all of these trials, as her appeals go through and whatnot, Cowboy was released on close supervision, and he went to Lake Charles to try to, to try to get a confession out of Tony. So he was successful. She admitted to him that he, she shot Crowley right between the eyes. Um, this was at this point, Tony became a celebrity, um, even more notorious in prison and on the outside world. She was given special privileges in jail. She was allowed to keep a pet. She, 
if she like asked for a cigarette from I a like bar, she'd like, that it was like they'd roll her cigarettes. It was like one of those little Paris Hilton dogs. Yeah, and she, she had like a carpet in yeah. her. <laughs> I mean, I'm just making that part up, but right. um, so she has all these special privileges. Blah blah blah. Yeah, Cowboy broke out of prison farm to go visit her a few days before she was electrocuted, but was recaptured quickly. So I think he was arrested like three times. The first time he was sent to jail, then he was released on supervision, went to go see Tony, and he was arrested again, and then he was escaped, and then was arrested again. Three. Okay. Right? I think so. <laughs> Just the way I wrote this was not done well. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> so, Tony was granted permission to call him um, the day of, and of course, this was against the rules, but you know. Uh, she was given a special hairdresser on this day uh, when they had to cut her hair before the execution, and apparently she, a big part of her was her hair. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a, a symbol of her, and she would comb it, and she loved it, and she screamed bloody murder when they tried to cut her hair. But, I wow. mean, they did. They had to. Um, it's so weird, right? Like, she can just kill someone... And then, like, not even think about it and go get drunk. Yeah. But cutting her hair off yeah. causes her, like, intense pain. It's crazy. So strange, yeah. So in the days leading up to her execution, she asked to be baptized, and she asked to be buried with a crucifix. Um, she then admitted that she was the lone shooter of Crowley, which was... Uh, and when she admitted that, it was a, it was an attempt to save uh, Arky's life, because he was also sentenced to hang, uh, but... It was too late. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't think that the state of uh, Texas would uh, give a shit yeah. about that. <laughs> I do not see them caring about that at all. <laughs> so then Tony Joe Henry became the first woman to be electrocuted in Louisiana. So uh, after her death, Cowboy was released from jail. And 10 years later, he was shot and killed. Okay. Uh, so it is said that Tony Joe Henry haunts the Calcasieu Paris Parish Courthouse. So this is the courthouse where the trials took place, and it's in Lake Charles. It was the same exact place where she was convicted, where she got so much press coverage. So they, there's a certain stairwell that they say is like a floor above where she supposedly died. Mm -hmm. um, they can hear screams that like echo and no don't cut my hair well yeah oh, my hair my hair, my hair being electrocuted um the custodian who at one night when he closed up the place he talked about hearing voices mm -hmm. and he said it ha it's happened to him probably four or five times yeah um and uh we talked in the documentary talked about some to talk to some uh secretaries and uh, one of them said that she smelled, she would smell the burnt hair in the office. Right. Smell that too. Right. Um, another weird thing that happened was the doors would lock. So Julie Gallori, an employee at the courthouse, talked about how she went to the hall. To, she got up, went to the hall to get something, came back, and the door was locked. But the front door of the office has latched door handles that have to be locked and unlocked with a key. Ah. And she, talk, she says it happens a lot. Yeah. Like, weird shit like that. Brandy Bordeaux, an employee who was the only person to be scheduled um, one certain morning, turned on this, like, rotating file machine. I didn't really understand what it was, but they, like, showed a picture of it. 
she left to go do some other sorting and when she came back they were off and even the switches that she had turned on to turn were all off mm-hmm. um and a lot of her coworkers didn't believe her they were like yeah right blah 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 and mm-hmm. then a couple weeks later it happens again but the file machine turned on by itself like right in front of the two other people wow so uh it's just weird that she just seems to kind of fuck with people still lots and, of different stuff too yeah yeah. So you said that was where the execution itself took place, too, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so that would make sense. And, you know, they say with ghosts, it's like the intensity of the emotion or the kind of horribleness or intensity of the death is, like, what causes that. You know, because that's one theory of what ghosts are, right? Is it's like the, the the after image of the emotion or the yeah the what 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 that person experienced in life and the the residue of that somehow gets like caught up in the place and that's like what it is. So there's my ghost story. Yeah, that's a good one. Do you think ghosts are real, Mario? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> We did this but, three-parter for nothing? Well, I don't know if we were ever going to come to a, a definitive conclusion. You already thought they were real. Of course. So I just think it's obvious. I don't yeah. Know. But it definitely stories like this and like the one I did last time certainly make it more plausible to me. Or at least make me say that it's you can't dismiss it out of hand. I'm forced to be agnostic when it comes to ghosts because... Yeah. We, I don't tr- I, I, I don't feel like we can truly know. One of those. But even this, you know, it, it's like it doesn't necessarily have to be a ghost per se, because or at least not in the way that we think of it, right? Where it's like another sentient being that exists somehow outside of our realm of existence, but is like in some way the same person as the dead person. This seems like maybe it's. Like I was saying, more like the sort of conscious residue from a... The energy. The energy, in some sense, that was left over from a living person's consciousness. But it doesn't necessarily, you know, get tied to another conscious being that still exists in and of itself. But do I wish that I could meet Casper and we could hang out? And, you know, play with his little ghost dog. Sure. He has a ghost dog? Yeah. Doesn't he? The little ghost dog? I think you're thinking of um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, that too. Of course, that wasn't a ghost, but... Zero? Yeah, he was a ghost dog. Oh, he was a ghost dog. You're right. I think they both had ghost dogs. If I remember correctly. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Maybe. What you got for me? Okay, so... Yeah, something good. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So I'm going to talk about the Flying Dutchman. The mystery of the Flying Dutchman. Uh, so the Flying <laughs> Dutchman... Uh, Green? <laughs> well, he... I, you never watched I'm, Spongebob, did you? Some, yeah. Okay, the Flying Dutchman was a recurring character. Oh, that makes sense. And there's a lot of depictions of the Flying Dutchman, who I guess is technically the captain, although a lot of people use it to refer to the ship as well. There's, like, a lot of different... There's, like, an opera about it. 
there's um, songs and TV episodes and movies and like paintings and all this different stuff. Poems, epic poems that involve the Flying Dutchman. There's like all these different things. But all in all, it's uh, a, the legend of a ghost ship that is supposed to be a bad omen for sailors. If you see it, it's supposed to mean death and destruction for your crew. So don't be looking for the for the Flying Dutchman. And it's called the Flying Dutchman because it's supposed to be a ghostly, ethereal ship that sails above the water and... When it comes in contact with a living ship, it kind of dissipates and and goes away. And you can see that flying Dutchman himself astride the ship and his ghostly crew. And it's said that the ship is one that could never land at port and was uh, cursed to sail the sea forever. So that's that's the the sort of... You so know. the Flying Dutchman wasn't a person? Well, it refers to the person, like the captain of the ship, but also to the ship itself. And the myth of the Flying Dutchman first appeared in kind of the late 18th century in several poems and books. But by the 19th century, it the, the story had turned in that it's into uh, that it was a cursed pirate ship. And the legend may have been based on a 17th century Dutch captain named Bernard Folk, who sailed for the Dutch East India Company. And it was said that he was so quick to sail from the Dutch Republic to Java that uh, he was in league with the devil. That's the only way he could have done it. All right. Or he knew how to sail real well. I'm not sure, but it could have been the devil. He was just really good at sailing. He was so good at sailing that he was Satan. Okay. Maybe. And there were several reported sightings also in the 19th and 20th centuries, including one by the future King George V of England. And here's a a kind of a longish quote from his diary that describes the incident in which he saw the Flying Dutchman. Quote, July 11th, at 4 a.m., the Flying Dutchman crossed our bows, a strange red light as of a phantom ship all aglow, in the midst of which the light, uh, in the midst of which light the masts, spars, and sails of a brig 200 yards distant stood out in strong relief as she came up on the port bow where also the officer of the watch from the bridge clearly saw her, as did the quarterdeck midshipman, who was sent forward at once to the forecastle. But on arriving there was no vestige nor any sign whatever of any material ship was to be seen either near or right away to the horizon, the night being clear and the sea calm. Thirteen persons altogether saw her. At 10.45 a.m., the ordinary seaman, who had this morning reported the Flying Dutchman, fell from the uh, foretop mast, cross-trees, onto the top-gallant forecastle, and was smashed to atoms. (laughs) So there's the bad omen. Don't look at it. You'll die. Get out. Unfortunately, the Flying Dutchman has been pretty conclusively shown to be an optical illusion. Yeah, sounds like Henry was on acid. Right. <laughs> so, uh, poor King George V was uh, taken in by what's called a Fata Morgana, which is a special 
uh, well, the, it's the uh, optical illusion that uh, appears under special atmospheric conditions, uh, specifically a thermal inversion. So where the, mm. you know, usually hot air rises, right? So you have the hot air on top, the cold air on bottom. In certain circumstances, you can get a thermal inversion where you have the hot air on the bottom, the cold air on the top. And science. when science and when light rays pass between them, they can get reflected at a certain distance. And this creates the Fata Morgana. And this um, can actually happen in the tundra and also in the desert. So it's, it's just kind of an optical illusion in the lower atmosphere. But when, when you're at that certain distance... You see it. You see the the image of it in the sky, but you don't actually see oh. the object itself because it's so far away. Kind of cool. And so that's why it looks like it's a flying ship. And actually, usually the images uh, appear upside down. Okay. So you would probably see an upside down flying ship that's kind of like wavy and shimmery. That's creepier. You know, that's like. why they thought it was like a ghost ship, a pirate, you know, ghost ship um, that uh, that they had seen. So, but it, it is pretty obvious. We, we know now that uh, it's simply an optical illusion. So, too bad, too bad for the ghost Bummer. ship. I know, right? But who knows, you know? Who really knows? I don't know, Mario. Do you think you know? I don't know. No. No, I don't. Sorry? I'm sorry. So that's the mystery uh, solved, maybe, <laughs> mystery of, uh, of the uh, Flying Dutchman. Yeah. So, ghosts are real. Maybe real or eh, maybe not so real. And of course, we'll end up talking about more ghosty stuff, I'm sure, in the future. Of course. Because this is that, not the end. Of course not. And we'll continue to debate to, to debate this this uh this issue. But I, I think at some point we should also, and we kind of talked about this, we should go to somewhere that is haunted, or that's known to be kind of haunted. This was my idea. Yeah, so we're we're hoping to to do that at some Ooh, point and do kind of a. Oh no! I don't know if I want to. We should an, an on the spot. No Ouija boards, though. I'd probably start crying in there. Would probably make for good uh, good content. Oh my as god! Say. You ass. Right. Hey. Oh my goodness. You know, gotta think think like uh, William Friedkin or whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's actually very true use it you know if it's real why not next okay so next on the agenda next on Silva what's our other segment oh yeah weird, weird shit in the news <laughs> weird <laughs> what did you the whole time? that's a weird sound <laughs> would probably get kind of annoying after a little while. Fine, fine. Fine. So I am going to give us a bit of a taste, perhaps, of a longer uh, weird shit in the news um, akin to the 
segment maybe that we'll do for the Patreon. So yes, um, yes. this is a story. Here's free sample. Yes, yes, yes. So this is a story that um, started just about a month ago, a little over a month ago, and it's been in the news quite a bit since then, and it is pretty weird. So I'm going to talk about the poisoning of Sergei and Yulia Skripal. So, and this happened quite recently, quite correct? Quite recently, yes. So March 4th, 2018. This is something maybe y'all have heard of. Yeah, definitely. It's been one of, one of the biggest stories in the world. Sergei and Yulia Skripal were found on a park bench in the English town of Salisbury, just down the road from Stonehenge. So oh. this actually links up to a couple of our of our episodes. That's it. That's a conspiracy. Right. And it was the druids who did it. <laughs> no. Okay, so Sergei, according to the man who found them, looked like a zombie with his arms kind of straight out and a, just kind of a dazed look in his eye. And uh, mm. Yulia was laying next to him unconscious. Oh, my God. And it came out that they had been poisoned by a nerve agent called Novichok mm. that had been smeared on their front door. So when they left that morning, they came into contact with it and they um, carried it with them when they went to a pub. Oh, shit. And eventually they... I forgot about this part. Right. It, it, and, you know, about... I think it was over 50 people were exposed in some way, but the only other person who needed to be hospitalized was a police officer who came to their aid. And um, pretty amazingly and kind of weirdly, Sergei, Yulia, and that officer survived. And even though they were exposed to one of the deadliest forms of nerve agent known to man... Like, this stuff is more deadly than VX. I, I didn't know he survived. Yeah, they're alive. Both of them? Yeah, and Yulia is actually well enough that she's been discharged from the hospital. Oh my goodness. Um, I think just a couple of days ago, and moved to an undisclosed location yeah, for her yeah, own yeah. safety, you know, to continue uh, her recuperation. And Sergei has been upgraded out of critical condition. And that's also just okay. in the past few days. So neither of them is in critical condition. It looks like they will both survive um, for the time being. Although whether they'll have lasting health effects, you know, uh, whether that's cognitive or kind of physical, has yet to be seen. They're, the thinking is okay, that they probably will have some lasting effects. That makes sense. But, you know, we'll see. Um, Novichok is just not a well-understood substance. It, it was first created back in, like, the, I think the late 80s, early 90s. But it's just never really been used because the international ban on chemical weapons was put into place, like, soon after that with Russia as a leading member, actually. Um, but they have apparently kept producing chemical weapons. Russia has, and that's where this particular chemical type of chemical weapon, the only place that it's actually produced. Um, Holy crap. Right. So, you know, the, um, to get back to their recovery, it is very strange, but, 
experts do point out that we don't know really enough about Novichok to make solid judgments on what, you know, kind of we should expect to be seeing. And the Skripals... so deadly? Well, it's extremely deadly, but it's also just not well understood at all. So there just haven't been enough cases of, you know, it being used on people, right, that uh, we can say anything super definitive about what effects it's going to have or should have had, uh, other than we know it's extremely toxic. And the Skripals did receive an antidote and treatment very quickly after their exposure. So that, okay, that okay. that's probably the main thing that helped them. Why they are yeah, not dead. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the attack has been attributed to the Russian state with high probability by most Western countries, including the U.S. Even President Trump said something you know, vaguely to that effect. But the the wider U.S. government has said basically what uh, the U.K. has said, which is that it only it really only yeah. could have been the Russian state yeah. that did this. And Sergei was a former GRU member, a Russian military intelligence member, who was secretly a double agent for the British. <gasps> so he was spying oh, on the British... Shit. But then he basically turned and um, was turned, rather, by the British to then spy on the Russians for the British, unbeknownst to the Russians. What was he originally? Originally, he was a a Russian spy, a member of the Russian military intelligence, the GRU, who was spying on the British. But the British. Okay, he was spying on. He them, was spying not on the British, them. not for them. But this was found out by the British, who then convinced him to spy for them. To turn. To okay, turn and become right. a double agent. This was then found out by the Russians, who put him in prison. I think it was back in like. 2006 or something like that. Who was going to make this movie? My God. I know, right? Um, but. Uh, Sergei Skripal was released to England as part of a spy swap. And I think that was back in like 2010, 2011, something like that. So he's been living in England since then. I think he's been working as kind of like a, like a consultant, basically, like a, a consultant for businesses and things, you know, people wanting to work on their um, security, security consultant, basically. But the Russian state and Putin specifically do not seem to have forgotten about him mm-hmm. uh, or people like him. Yeah. Um, because they really despise turncoats. And Putin, as a former high-level officer in the FSB, another mili- an- another intelligence uh, unit in, Ru- in the Russian state... Um, is just really, really, you know, kind of, I think, fixated on these types of people. So how would you even begin to, like, accuse somebody of stuff like this? Well, what the British did was said, you know, this is the evidence that we have. We know that it's Novichok. um, And we know that the Russians are, you know, as far as anyone knows, the only ones who have ever produced this kind of nerve agent, 
and the only ones who have access or control of this type of nerve agent. So what they said was we're going to give the Russians, you know, a few days, like I can't remember, three, four days or something, to come up with a plausible explanation as to why this isn't them. And the Russians basically said... That's... That's ridiculous. Maybe it was you. Maybe it never happened. Certainly it wasn't us. That's... I feel like that's ten times harder, saying, like, why sure. you're not Yeah, no, it, it, it's essentially impossible to prove a negative, but I think you can see where Theresa May and the, and the Brits are coming from, right? Yeah. That really there's no other plausible explanation. So, you know, if Russia some of this nerve agent were to have been stolen at some point and you didn't report it, or if some of it is unsecured somehow and it could have been taken by someone else, I guess. let us know. But unless you do, we have to assume that since you're something the only happens. ones who have this stuff, yeah. you must have had something to do with it. Right? Oh I don't know. Gosh. I mean, I feel like... Yeah, it's it's like a big any, statement. Do you but think, what what else do you think is going to happen? I really don't know. I mean, so far, the Brits and about a dozen other countries have expelled about 150 Russian yeah. diplomats. Yeah, I remember in, totally including about that. over 60 from the United States, and Russia has expelled the same number from you know those countries. So you know, there's been that kind of diplomatic. Um, row already, but I I really don't know. It's, I mean, you know, it. I'm not sure how much further the investigation can really go at this point. They're not going to be able to pin it down to one particular site, probably that it was produced from, because they don't have anything to compare it to, and that's kind of necessary to get that kind of you know, um, close of a determination as to, you know, exactly where it was produced. Yeah. So right yeah. now they're sending it to um, several different labs for independent testing to confirm that it is Novichok, you know, and that's kind of the next step. But what's going to happen after that or uh, in a wider sense, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people have pointed out the parallels, of course, between this and the uh, poisoning of Alexander Litvinenko back in, you know, um, I just, I did that not too long ago. It was in 2006, I think. Yeah. And what Have happened said, after that? You said that this has been brought up again in mm -hmm. the news recently, oh, just like his death. All the time. A lot of the things that I've read or heard about this have made that connection, that this is very much like what happened to Alexander Litvinenko. Do you think his daughter getting poisoned was on purpose or an accident? I don't know. That's a really good question. I, I would have to think that it was probably on accident. That's what I was thinking. Because I was surprised when I first heard that it was him and his daughter. Yeah, and they actually weren't, like, terribly close. Like, they had kind of just recently been kind of reconnecting. yeah. So I don't think that, you know, whatever they think that he was doing, presumably that it was necessary to stop him at this point, right? Who knows? But exactly. she doesn't seem to have had anything to do with that. 
And of course, now at this point, you know, the Russian, like they tweeted out after the news that she had been discharged and everything like, oh, that's awesome. You know, good. You know, which if they were the ones who did it, it's just like bizarre. You know, they're it's like this whole weird thing where now they have to like seem like they're empathizing but they're the perpetrators in all likelihood it's so it's it's, so backwards i know i don't it's like a level of duplicitousness that i i almost can't even conceive of it's it's pathological but it's a country it's not like it's one person you know i mean it's all all these people who will go out there and just bald-facedly lie like Putin did before, you know, he admitted that they invaded Crimea. He kept saying, like, no, we didn't invade Crimea. Like, we definitely didn't invade Crimea. And then at one point he was like, oh, yeah, we totally did invade Crimea. Yeah, that was us. And we're keeping it. I don't understand it. <laughs> but um, in a wider sense, what's going to happen, you know, I... I mean, you. I think you have to kind of see this in a, a series of steps that the Russian state has taken, if in fact this was them, that seems to be pointing somewhere. Our podcast is going to get taken down because you're, oh, you're exposing the Russians. That would be the best thing for us. <laughs> you're <laughs> fucking right. Right? Wouldn't we get like a lot of press and stuff? Yeah, maybe. I really don't know. Perhaps. I hope so. Mayhap. Mayhap. So I was going to talk about one other thing in terms of weird shit. I don't have one. Because Mario has double. So I was like, and I also, all I found is like really stupid clickbait articles that aren't good. Do you want to tell us about one? Um, missing garden gnome returns home after eight month adventure. Aww. Cops arrest man after confusing donut glaze for crystal meth. <laughs> I like that one. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's also kind of weird. So I was going to talk about this article, really interesting article that I saw in the Washington Post by uh, Miri Kim. And it's about this really strange um, condition that I'd never heard of called... <gasps> oh, yeah, you a, yeah, I was telling you about this one in the car. Yeah. It's called like Copgras syndrome, I think. Um, cause it's like, it's this French, like whatever psychologist or whatever who, um, found, found out about it. But essentially it's this condition that happens with people who have a type of dementia. It's like the second most, mm. um, common type of dementia. And. Oh, it, I missed that part. It's common. Well, it's not common, but among people who have dementia, people who have the second most common form of dementia other than Alzheimer's disease. Oh, okay. it shows up in a fair percentage of those people. Oh, so it's so not it's a large, like a, per, right. It's not a large it. percentage of the population per se, but it, it's a large percentage of the people who have this type of dementia. Got it. And it's a condition that basically makes you think that, other people, including like family members or even pets, are not themselves, but are in fact somehow duplicates of themselves. Oh, that's so weird. Whether that's that they're aliens or that 
their clones, clones or of themselves or whatever that the these and they don't have you it, it they don't have any conception of exactly why necessarily. So is it something But some that of them think that it's part of like a grand conspiracy against them as well. So it sounds a little bit like schizophrenia. Um sort of, yeah. I mean it it's certainly a delusion, like a massive delusion. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. And it, it can certainly lead to violent psychotic behavior. Like people have killed family members because of this, have severely injured Whoa. family members because of this, because they don't it's not their wife. It's someone who's pretending to be their wife who is like kidnapped their wife or something or whatever. I mean it's 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 so, so it's such a up. massive delusion that it, so, it negates any familial ties or feelings that you have associated with that person. Did they interview any of these people? Um, yeah, you know, it, may, it mainly talks about the case of one um, particular couple, and it mostly talking to the wife who's not suffering. I mean, it, you can't really interview a person with dementia. Oh, you I, know, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but. Um, this woman, who actually was a psychologist herself, um, talked about her, you know, her husband's case and stuff, and kind of, you know, described what their experience was like. And it can be treated, so they treat it with, with um, pills, with talk therapy, oh, uh, and or with with pills, yeah, with antipsychotics mostly, I think. Excuse me. And uh, they have had some success with that. Like, people have been able to, if not completely rid themselves of the delusion, they've been able to manage it so that, you know, they're not constantly trying to get away or injure the person or whatever, Um, but instead are just sort of... And one weird thing that I, I read in there as well, actually, was that... It, it seems to be tied somehow to to vision because the people, if they talk to their family or whomever on the phone, they don't think that it's not them. Like, it's perfectly fine. They never have the delusion. But if they see them, even if it's just a picture of them, yeah. then they will have the delusion. And they don't know why? There are some, if not theories, then some pretty well-developed hypotheses as to why this happens. It seems to be tied to two distinct malfunctions in the brain, right? One being the decoupling of the person's face, right? The what? Of of the, the of the other person's face with that like familial feeling that you have with them. So there's like a part two parts of the brain that connect in order to And in this part they're not connecting. Right, they're not connecting so that you you don't get that rush of kind of emotion when you see your mom or your husband or whomever, right? That's so crazy. And then there's an, another part that um, doesn't allow you to not feel those feelings toward them. So it's it it's like sort of 
creates this imbalance where you can't resolve the issue. Your brain knows that it's not that person, but it also knows that it it can't not be that. It, it's like caught in this loop, right? It is way way too much. So it has to like so it has to like resolve that somehow, and this is like the way that it resolves it by like creating this impression that it's like both them and not them. And um, that they must be somehow, like, a, a perfect copy of that person. So you said it can be cured, not cured, but, like, it can be managed. talk therapy mm-hmm. managed. Would that be, like, reminding them that, like, they have this condition? Yeah, it's, you know, bringing attention to the fact that, you know, this is an irrational thought that, like, acknowledging that you're having the thought but also that it doesn't make sense and that like it's not real um you know if you ever saw like a beautiful mind i did see that yeah like the way that they talked to john nash about his uh hallucinations like you know you know in your rational mind that what you're seeing is not real because the girl never ages like she never aged and then and then he he realizes like oh, fuck, she never aged. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, I know my brain's telling me it's real, but I know in a deeper sense that it's not real. That was, like, the one thing. Right. I, like, didn't catch on to it for a long time. Oh, the, like, the the little girl and the, yeah, and the his, guy and, like, and his best friend, stuff. his, like, best friend or right, whatever. Right, right. If y'all want to cry, watch <laughs> A Beautiful Mind. It's a very good movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, a very good movie. Um... And then they die at the end of it, right? In that car crash. No, that, happened, that happened in real way life. later. That happened. In well, real I know life. it happened in real life. Way like, later. Most way of later. the stuff in the movie happened in real life. Way after. I know. But it was way, way, after the way movie. later. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. I couldn't remember if it was, if it happened. But yeah, I guess that wasn't even that long ago. But yeah, that's uh, that's the show. That's our quirky that's, kind of episode guess, yeah. today. It was a, it was a little short. It's a little late. But, you know, yeah. What episode is this? Episode 15. That's All right. right. Let's keep going. We've been able to do this 15 weeks in a row. That's so weird. Thanks for listening, by the way, y'all. Yes, please tell all your friends. <laughs> yeah. So we've been, like, getting on some more platforms. We're on Spotify now. Yeet. We're on iHeart. We're on all the different iTunes, ones. SoundCloud. All the bullshits. As they say on LPA, on this last means, podcast on the left. This means that you have no excuse to not listen to us. Right. <laughs> and we'll try to be listenable. And I think by next week, we'll be recording into our headphones. Sure. So Let's see if that works out. We'll see if that sounds better or what's, what happens with that. So we're on a journey. We've taken the 15th step <laughs> of many more. Ramble, 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 ramble. Um, anything else? Nah, man, I'm just chilling. Chilling like a villain. Chilling like a villain while we eating fondue. I don't know about me, but I know about you. This is a hello to false. Do we want to do any three, like two sweat. any shout outs of stuff? I like to be. You said you're shout gonna, out to Justin Bieber. You're gonna listen to the new Cardi B or this, I already did. It's her first album, right? Yeah, it's her first full album, I think. That's what I heard. She's so I good. was kind of surprised. Did you know that her and Nicki Minaj aren't friends? 
I, I didn't know that. I, I also, wish they were. I also didn't care. But. It's like, haven't you ever had friends who aren't friends with each other? Yeah, but like. That's fine. It's whatever. Panic at the Disco has a new album. And Janelle Monae has a new album. Oh, look at that. And Nicki Minaj has a new album. Good for them. Good for them. Black women just pumping it out. And Brennan Urie, but, you know, pumping it out. (laughs) Brennan Urie's not a black woman? Brennan Urie is the best (laughs) vocalist of our generation. Period. Maybe. Not, um, what's his name that your mom loves? Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. He has more... um, Not production, but... Bruno Mars is more a triple threat than Brendan Urie is. Mm-hmm. But isn't Brendan Urie done Broadway too? Damn it! Like, didn't he just do King? <laughs> You're Boots? right. Yeah. Brendan Urie's so perfect. They should um, match up in um, what was that that show called um, Celebrity Deathmatch or whatever. On MTV. Yeah, they were like, it was like claymation. claymation. That was weird. Wouldn't, that, that, was wouldn't like, that be like a perfect matchup? Yeah. Because like Bruno oddly, Mars would do like the high note thing and like burst his head open. That was oddly like bloody and gory. Super gory. Like it was weird. And haven't they brought it back? Like isn't it like a thing again? I thought so. I don't know about that. They brought back Wild and Out. Yeah. What's next? On our list. I don't know. Should we try to do these, like, little series? More of these, like, three episode. We'll kind of focus on a certain thing or a certain Yeah. Topic. If you guys rate and comment and let us know, we'll see what happens. You can send us an email at mysterymurderythingy at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram. Except there's something on there. Yeah, there is. There's one picture. Ooh. A picture. <laughs> I'll do better. Yeah. I'm getting better. Yeah. I think that's the, the theme of this podcast. <laughs> we'll do better. Do maybe better. Th- maybe that should be our sign off. <laughs> we'll do better. <laughs> All right. Well, good night. We'll do better. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I was joking. I mean, I thought, I thought you were joking. No, I was serious, but now I don't like it. No. (laughs) Good job by you! Oh my god. (laughs) Turn it off. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.